podcast. We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. Great, well get comfortable if you're not already. It's a little bit warm in here, so you might need to shift your posture a little bit. Just maybe stretch if you need to wake up. And um, I want to jump into this next Um, topic in our series of At the Table. And if you've been part of any of the gatherings of this this series so far, whether that's online or catch up or in person, um, we've had some brilliant themes unpacked for us. Rich Wilson gave a brilliant overview of the whole series. Do recommend that you watch that one. It's kind of like a synopsis of everything. Really juicy and good. So thanks, Rich, for bringing that um, really good kind of uh, opener. And Phil and Lucy Lyon challenged us in encountering Jesus at the table um, and being Jesus to one another and knowing that um, when uh, we are extending God's love to others, it is the hands of Jesus doing that to others as well. So that's really good. And Jez and Sarah gave us some real insight and the privilege of making space at the table and the way they've lived that out in their family home over many years and the people that they've connected with who've blessed them and they've been able to bless. So I really recommend it. Some great stories and nuggets in there. It's really exciting to know what is happening in our community. You know, it's not what happens at the front here in church. It's what's happening in our day-to-day lives that really has an impact. So do want to encourage you to just be inspired by those stories. So do catch up on those. So it's, it's a really high bar, isn't it, that we, we're going after here, to love people the way that Jesus loved them, to pursue hospitality, opening our homes, opening our lives to other people. And today we're looking at honesty at the table. And it's a crucial value for living authentically as Jesus followers. I'm starting here with an assumption that actually we are all wired for relationship and that actually we all want to be open and honest. But it can be a challenge. Um, So it can be even the very people we know best that we don't share our lives with, that we hold back from. Those that love us and those that accept us, even those guys, it can be hard to be honest with one another. So I know that in my home, and even with my closest friends, conversations in my life can be a little bit awkward. They can be a little bit rushed. They can be a bit shallow or superficial, or I just miss them completely. It happens, even for people that we know and that we love and that we know love us. But there's something that God's calling us to in pursuit of honest and open conversation so that we are reflecting who he is to those around us. And when we sit at the table, we want to grow friendships with people. Those that we already know, we want to go deeper in friendship with. And those that we're getting to know, we want to establish friendship with them. And so conversation is key. And today I'm going to be quite punchy and then we're going to do some practical as you'll be pleased to know, there's some little tools on the table that are going to help us in a minute. Um, but we are going to share, I'm just going to share three keys for honest conversation at your tables. And then we're going to try it out. Okay, you're up for that? Bit of chatting? Yeah. You were all chatting earlier. So, you know, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. So, um, just to give you a quick synopsis of those, we're going to talk about three keys. Which is, the first is, don't rush, don't judge, and do risk. Okay. So that's it. Don't rush, don't judge, do risk. So number one, don't rush. So all the important and honest conversations need time and attention from one another. 
they don't happen in short bursts. They tend to need time and space. I wonder, have you ever had a meal with someone where they're talking, but you are already thinking about the next thing you need to do that day? Or, in fact, the next place you want to go as soon as that meal is done with them. Anybody relate to that? Is it just me? Am I just sometimes a bit rude? No, a couple. Being honest. Be honest, guys. Be honest. Do you know what? It's fairly obvious to the person that you're with that you are not really there and fully present with them. It does come across. You know, we actually need to uh, work at welcoming and hearing people. So our presence and our attention is really crucial. This is really basic stuff, but sometimes we forget in our busyness, in our rush, these things go out the window. Author Gregory Coles says, the ones we linger with are the ones we grow to love. There is no deep belonging without deep lingering. I love that. I think there's something that we're called to do. Rich almost called us into that today, didn't he? And and uh, Paul's word about breathing, just like we're called to linger with God and actually we're called to linger with one another. And there's a cost to that. It is our time, it is our energy, but there is a, there's a call to not rush and to linger. I know that in my life I have felt the most loved when spending time with people who'd taken their time to hear me talk, to verbally process my day, my week, my life, even when it's a bit jumbled, and a bit drawn out. And there's those of you who know me, you've had to sit through some of those conversations. But I have felt heard, I've felt understood, and I've felt loved when that's happened. And it's crucial. We need to give our attention to people. We need to not rush. And we need to give um, that space and time for those deeper, honest conversations. And you know, when people have held that space for me, it's given me a step of bravery to go a bit further in my honesty. So when we create space, it draws people into a place of greater honesty and bravery. Now, we know that there are many stories of Jesus eating with others in the New Testament. People from all sorts of backgrounds and all sorts of needs and all sorts of beliefs. And as he did so, he had real conversations of truth, of revelation, of healing, of affirmation and transformative challenge. Jesus used conversation, honesty in conversation, to take people on a massive journey. And um, I just want to encourage you to look at the conversations that Jesus had around the table as you read through Scripture, particularly the Gospels, um, the stories that come out of Jesus around the tables. He absolutely went there with open and honest chats. So I want to be a bit real as well, though, because let's talk about the practical reality of a mealtime in your average home. It can be really difficult to have a conversation with young children who may not yet be verbal um, or of different ages or different attention spans. Or when there's different generational mixes in the room or those with different backgrounds and expectations of what happens around a meal table. It is a challenge because we're not always on the same page. Something that can help that is trying to get an approach that kicks things off. Now, in our home, over every weekday meal together, we share a high and a low of the day. It's a, it's a simple approach. It works because everyone shares something and everyone gets to hear from everyone else. Um, and it can be really brief. It can be one word or it can be a whole story, depending on who's telling it. 
So, I wonder if you're a one-word one person or a, a story person. We're going to find out because we're going to try it in the room right now. I would like you on your tables to um, talk about your weeks or your days and give a high and a low. And I want you to practice some bravery and honesty right now. Um, if you're at a table and it's looking like there's not many people to have a good conversation with or the, there's an uneven number, why don't you buddy up with another table? You can do that. And um, I want to ask each, get into pairs and ask each other what has been your high and low of the week. Go for it. If you, haven't if you haven't swapped over, make sure you do that. Give each other enough time to all share.
Brilliant. We've got some people sharing online as well. That's great, guys. Thank you for that. Thanks, David. And Nathaniel. All good? Brilliant. I know there's some great conversations just being started in the room. We can perhaps pick some of those up again as we go forward. Good. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And um, feel free to continue conversations in a moment. I hope you found out something new about the person next to you. Anybody found out something new about somebody they weren't aware of? Yeah, good. Great. You know, honesty starts with simple, open, real conversation. And it can be easy as that. And often it's about taking the risk, which we're going to come on to a little bit later. But you've just done it now. Now, if you, in your homes or in your friendship groups, want to go a bit deeper, you need some extra prompts to help you. We have some on the table, which we'll come to later. But also wanted to flag up a website that I've come across, which is a really good resource. It's called Table Talk. And it's a game of conversations, and it's a little bit like, I think Fusion had the idea first, to be honest, but it's basically lots of cards in a box with conversation starters. They're all doing it, but these are good ones. And um, if we scroll to the next slide, um, there's an app that you can get, and there's a whole stack of different questions for different age groups, which is great. So it's got different age children and different types of friends, all that kind of stuff. So do check that out. It's table-talk.org. And I've, I've looked at that. I've not, I've, there's some example questions on there. I haven't bought all the stuff yet, but it does look really powerful. And, you know, some of this is about just getting some habits around some tables that we're sitting at. If you're the one that just starts that habit, you can actually have these sort of chats every day in your home or with your friends when you go out and meet up and your small group, wherever it is. We need sometimes a little prompt to get us going, don't we? Let's be honest. And there's something about a, a kind of an objective question that gets us there. So go for that. Um, have a go and have some fun with that. So let's not rush when we talk, although I just rushed you. Um, but let's invest some more time to listen and ask good questions. Let's be good at asking questions of one another. Practice it regularly and, uh, and you will grow in that. So second point is don't judge. One of the greatest conversation killers is where people do not feel safe to share what is going on in their life. When they feel judged or criticized, they will put up a barrier. They will close the door. They will put the shutters down and they say, I don't want to put myself out there. This is not a place I can do that. Verbal judgments from others will shut us down and our conversation will just, will just end. And we miss out on hearing from one another what's really going on. Jesus' wise words to his disciples in Matthew 7, verses 1 to 6 is, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way that you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look for the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your eye? You hypocrite. First take out the plank in your eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Whew. 
Jesus places a high value on personal responsibility. We're called to deal with our own shortcomings, blind spots, weaknesses, before we start to share with others what we think theirs are. And the problem is that judging others, we can actually feel quite justified and right even because we see that thing. We often feel that we have good motives to point out what's going on in someone's life. And often because we want to help them. <laughs> but it doesn't work. Honest conversation doesn't mean we're given permission to criticize or judge. And our culture, and in particular sometimes Christian culture, can fall into this sort of, I want to fix you and give you advice. Um, and it's generally unhelpful when it comes from a perspective of we can perceive, be perceived to know better than others. Um, and I don't need to listen to the whole situation before I jump in with the solutions. So some of you guys will be fix-it, solution-orientated people. It's really challenging. You have to hold back and just slow our responses to people and listen. We don't, we're not called to judge. So when we're listening to others, can we instead listen with some compassion and empathy, what's actually going on for this person? Can we withhold judgment and advice unless it's actually requested or um, permissioned? And do we need to offer our contribution? Do we, need, do we need to hold back of our contribution of this is how I would handle it until we've really heard what's going on for them? So instead, when people speak, let's wait and then pose questions that point back to Jesus, perhaps, instead. So we're asking, what is God saying? Or how do you think he's leading you in this situation? That's a really helpful way of framing it. Because it's not just our experience and advice. We're, in, we're pointing people back to God. And then we can ask questions like, what do you think you're learning in this? It's open, and it draws people into a place of greater honesty. And then another one is, how do you hope you can respond or solve this yourself? What tools, resources do you need or do you have? They're just three examples, simple examples really, of how we can flip the script, not jump to fix, but open up the conversation to a next level. So we need to, we need to kind of take that non-judging posture. And I know that I can be quick to make an assumption of what people are trying to say. I don't know if you're like that at all. So we, we kind of already jumped to the conclusion and we, we then feel it's our right to give advice. And, you know, I've made judgments about people over the years where I've then shut down their openness and honesty. I've assumed um, their opinion before asking them what it actually is and what they think. And I've missed out on what's really happening. And it really hurts me when I think back of particularly my friends who don't know God, where I've been like, I know as like a zealous 18-year-old, particularly, <laughs> for like, ah, oh, yeah, mate, what you need to do is this. And actually, they hadn't even got to the start of what was going on in their life. And some of the deeper challenges in their life hadn't yet come out. So I'm learning to not judge or not to rush. So we need to do that. We need to Slow and listen. There's a discipleship journey for every one of us to grow in maturity, to listen before we speak and make space for others to share vulnerably first. Sometimes we have to actually manage a level of discomfort about hearing opinions we don't agree with or we hear about choices that people we love are making and have to just sit on it for a bit and wait. I guess what would happen in conversation if we hold back our advice until it's invited? 
would we build greater trust and understanding? So don't rush and don't judge. They work quite well together. Jesus encountered some really challenging conversations at the table he ate around. The religious Jewish leaders all wanted to eat with Jesus because he was the, uh, the new show in town. But Jesus had a few things to say about how they went about it. You see, they were obsessed with rules and looking good and making sure they were seen to be doing and saying the right thing. They were quick to judge everyone else by their rules. So they often displayed low vulnerability but high responsibility. The Pharisees would not share what was going on in their lives but were so quick to judge others by their standards. Luke eleven thirty nine to 41 is a great example of that. And it's, um, it's where Jesus, um, the Pharisees have invited him to eat and he's, he's reclining at the table. But the Pharisees were surprised that Jesus didn't wash his hands before the meal. They judged him. He hadn't ticked the right rule box. And then, uh, they, then Jesus' response to them is this. I just want to read this out. He says, Now then, you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not, want, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now, as for what is on the inside, be generous to the poor and everything else will be clean for you. And then there's the rest of that passage is the woes, the seven woes, where Jesus calls them out on all sorts of stuff. I just want to encourage you to read it. It's challenging because guess what? We can find ourselves being pharisaical in our thinking. And so we need to be careful when we come to people that we don't judge and that we are actually slow to slow to well quick to listen and slow to speak so i want to come on to we're going to i want to create a little bit of time for us to talk some more so i just want to end with this whole um area of risk so don't rush don't judge but do risk go for it take some risks there is a call for us to be vulnerable to self-disclose what's happening in our lives so that what we're living and what we're saying is true, that we're honest and we're authentic. I love this challenging and powerful perspective we read about in 1 John 1, 5 to 7. It says this, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we do not live out the truth. We lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. There is such power in speaking openly and vulnerably. It sheds heaven's light on the conversation. It draws in heaven's reality into that moment with that person that we're sharing with. Whether that's sharing our dreams, our hopes for the future, whether it's our failures or our frustrations, those honest conversations create connection and momentum in our relationships. Momentum to change, to take action, to accept difficult situations and to find hope. So I just want to ask you, are you someone who is happy being vulnerable and sharing what's going on? Or do you prefer to ask the questions? Sometimes we have to 
kind of be vulnerable more than we ask questions. And other times, we have to actually be the one that brings the challenge to our friend or our family and, and draw the questions out of them and hold them accountable to what they're after. So those are really important things to do. And, but the other area of risking is firstly that place of risk with God. And I love King David who wrote this in Psalm 139 verse 23. It says, um, search me and know me. Search me and know me. And that is a great prayer. If you want to practice vulnerability, that is a great daily prayer to pray. Search me and know me, God, and then let him speak. Just as we kind of modeled earlier, what is revealed when we wait on God? What is revealed when we pause and we ask him to search us? So we need to be honest with God first, and then we can also be honest with others. And one of the places that we can do that so well is in one-to-one discipleship or small groups, And we want to hope to launch some more small groups and discipleship huddles and one-to-one relationships in this coming season. But we can also start right now. And we're going to do some questions at the table and help you guys go a little bit deeper in conversation for the last few minutes. You know, when we speak openly and honestly, it allows us to be known for who we really are. We find acceptance It releases us from burdens, creates in us freedom. It builds trust and belonging between us. And honesty makes space for loving challenge and correction so that we can grow. So I wonder if you're up for it, for pursuing these kind of relationships, honest and open ones, where we go deeper and where we resist the urge to hide, to fake it, or live a counterfeit version of ourselves, where we can put the mask down and receive the encouragement and the input from others. So I want to end with a little bit more of conversation. We have got some cards on the table. These are There's two types of cards. One is discipleship deck, and the other is a DMC, Deep and Meaningful Conversation card. You can pick either of those, and I want you to take a moment to pick a card and then share from that card with the table. Say what your question is, and then share with the table. Now, I want you to be honest. I want you to be brave, and I want you to be vulnerable. So um, we've got five, ten minutes to do that. Um, So you have to be kind of short and sharp. So grab a question. It may be that it's a really good question the first person asks, and you all want to share on that basis. That might be a bit quicker. Um, But have a quick look at the cards. And then we're going to end with communion together on your tables. So um, go for it, guys. Enjoy a little bit of openness and encouragement from using those cards.
Well, I hope that you've started some good conversations there. Once again, time is against us a little. We have some wonderful children who are keen to come back to the tables with their families. So I'm going to invite them in, and then we're going to finish with communion together. There are cups and bread coming around now.